Hello, this is Dan Housing. You are listening with your ears to the real wrestling podcast housing of some sort. It's very nice, very evil, Dan Housing is told. Listen, or else be cursed. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Real Wrestling Podcast. I'm Ads. I'm the belt guy Paul. And today we are joined by a very special guest all the way from America. We have William Hollow. Hello guys, how are you guys all doing? Yeah, we're not too bad. How are you? I've been better. This COVID stuff's got me in a slump like crazy, man. Everybody, man. It's got everybody. Tell me about it. So William, we've got some questions for you today. Um... We'll start simple. Um, we always ask this question first. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? My all-time favorite wrestler is going to sound cheesy and cliche, but it's since a little kid, it's always been Goldberg. Oh, oh, Paul, don't fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, as, as a high school and junior high football player, it's it was nice to see ah, somebody come straight yeah. from football and just run through people. That makes I, sense. I get people's... I get people's sideness with his gimmick and all about you know just running through people but when i started wrestling it was my dad's favorite wrestler and it just grew into my favorite wrestler i even got a cheesy my own version of my old goldberg tattoo when that was one of the first tattoos i got <laughs> yeah i mean i i can't say anything um it was pretty much the same in our house when i was growing up everyone in our house was a bret hart fan so it was like you know how people have like football teams to support we all supported like Brett and he was our team sort of thing. Yeah, as soon as Goldberg's music hit, my dad would yell all the way upstairs, you're missing him and then I'd walk out of my room after headbutting my door like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Getting your mum to escort you downstairs. I was going to say, brother and sister behind the security, yeah. (laughs) Right, I used to pretend that I was him and I'd bash my head on my bedroom door and walk downstairs just to watch the match and I think we've all been there. We've all yeah. done something like that. I lost count of the amount of times I uh, walked into my room doing the Jeff Hardy dance. So, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, my my son and me currently do that right now. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can see the flag on my on my ceiling or not. Oh, but it is Hardy's voice. We, yeah, we, we saw that before the sound we even noticed. hit. Yeah. <laughs> see, with me, it was always uh, the amount of teddies of my mum's are ruined and beds that are broke. Um, like putting like her giant teddies in sharpshooters and suplexing my little sister off the set of drawers and stuff like that, and, like snapping the bedding too. So, yeah, after I broke the first bed, the box spring was gone. They just put my mattress on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't deserve a bed. Correct. <laughs> just I can't break the, it. You belong right, in the box. You know, I kept breaking the box spring in half. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, with with Goldberg being your favorite wrestler, then what's your favorite match of his? Uh, it would have to be the Kevin Nash match where they decided to tase his ass because oh, they couldn't yes. beat him. <laughs> the infamous moment when Kevin Nash was Booker and put himself over above anybody else. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, somebody that size, yeah. If if somebody that big was coming after me, yeah, I, I'd, I'd tase his ass too. So. <laughs> This is true. Oh, it's a fair cop, to be fair. Yeah, this, this is true. So, what, what, why that match? Uh, it, for me, it was the build-up, the the prestige of how are we going to do this? How are we going to take this big MF down? You know, 
he ran through everybody at the time. He literally ran through almost every member of the NWO at that time, one by one, literally plowed them all down. And then somebody finally comes up with the idea, well, hey, let's tase his ass and see what happens. So take it you were more of a WCW than WWF sort of guy? Uh, when I originally started watching wrestling, it was all WCW because it was the only thing that was on our local cable network. Uh, oh, right, okay. I'm with you. Because in, in, in the States, we have a, you, you don't really get to choose what cable network you go with. It's If you're in this place, you get this one cable company and that's it. Yeah. And they only supported TNT, which, you know, impact, you know, all leads back yeah. on TNT. Yeah. But they didn't have a WWF station. They only had WCW on the cable I yeah. had. So for the first, I'd say, four years of my wrestling experience, it was all WCW. See, we were the opposite over here. We got WWF more than we got WCW. Yeah. And um, you had to have like satellite TV to be able to watch WCW. That's how it is with Impact Wrestling now. You have to have a certain satellite stuff just to watch Impact Wrestling in the United yeah. States now. Oh, Especially mind. in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I wouldn't even worry. I'm not. I'm not an Impact fan. <laughs> so I'm a fan of all wrestling. I watch every yeah. federation I can get my hands on, from indies to pros. I find it. That's uh, like a lot of some of the UK promotions. I watch a lot of the, just the regular indie stuff on YouTube. Oh, what, if it's what, wrestling, you, I'm down to watch it. What UK promotions do you watch? Uh, the last one that I was keeping a pro, uh, on was Progress. Yep. Uh, that was my big one that I was watching. Yeah, Progress is probably NXT one of the better happens. ones. I'd say Progress is probably the closest thing we've got to a WWE competitor in the UK. Yeah. You know, aside I, from I NXT, love the British UK, strong style of wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting style. It's developed its its own little cult following, isn't it? So. Yeah. So it is it is a thing of beauty, though. Like I'm not just saying that because I am British, but it is it is really it's, it's a pretty form of wrestling to watch. It when I started training fun. to wrestle, I started with British catch can wrestling. That was that's my biggest thing is catch can wrestling. Yeah, yeah. my bloodline is actually from the UK. You know how most right. people say, "Oh, British and all that stuff." Yeah, a couple hundred years ago, that's where we started out before we came to the United States. Oh, oh so yeah. I have a. We've got a homeboy on. It's all good. <laughs> right. I have a I have a emotional connection with the UK because like I said, my uh my neighbor across the street, she's she's Scottish, like full fledged, like born in Scotland, Scottish. And between me and her, it's like she's made me homesick for a country that I've never even stepped a foot in. <laughs> well, if ever you find yourself over here, give us a shout. We'll show you the sights. Yeah, Definitely I'm hoping that this, you know, see. gets me out there a little bit more. So, so, you know, hopefully in the next year or so, you know, I might have an excuse to actually come to the UK, you know, assuming COVID maybe, uh, maybe we can get you booked at progress. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> hey, you never know, Paul, you do have ties with strike. <laughs> I do have ties with strike. This is very true. Very true. I'm not like the most well, no, I haven't been doing it very long. So, but I do have a great following as you can call it a cult following. I've never seen so many people want to join a dead guy in my life. I mean, I don't understand that. <laughs> so um, how did you actually initially become a fan of uh, wrestling? Like, what was your uh, first introduction to it? Uh, my father, actually, when I was like five, I saw a preview of a match on television, and it was like a, it was a normal thing for me and my dad. Every, every time wrestling was on, that's what we did. We sat down and watched wrestling. Like, we even kicked the girls out of the room because yeah. they wouldn't shut the hell up. Same. So, and all they would talk about is how it's a like it's it's like a male soap opera for men, and I'm like, good, it is. Now get out so I can watch my soap opera. 
Uh, I think like it's all. I think it's always dads, isn't it? It's always the dads that you know introduce the sons to the to wrestling. I tried to get my son into it, but he fell out of it after CM Punk left, and he just he was he was guy, and when he went, he was just like, yeah, no, I've had enough. But uh, uh, my son has spent pretty much his entire life inside of a wrestling ring so far, and he's six. Nice. Oh well, there you go. He's he's one. Of, he's indoctrinated now. Then yeah, he'll, he'll cool. get in and run ropes with everybody. He'll do tag matches. I mean, his he, selling. My he he is excellent when it comes to selling. <laughs> oh bless him. Are you taking tips from him? Are you just like right? Okay, I can do that better. I can do that better. <laughs> right. <laughs> the son is showing the father how it's done. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's a little bit better at it than me. Bless him. <laughs> Uh, so, um, how did you become a professional wrestler then? Who, who trained you and you know, what path did you take to get to where you are now? Um, in all fairness, I never in my life imagined me. I've always been interested in wrestling, but I never thought that I would be a pro wrestler. Like I, I was a more aimed at being a martial artist cause I've been doing that since I was three. And then one day I, uh, decided that, you know, I'd give it a shot. And my wife actually knew somebody at her job that worked for a local promotion here. And I went and he hooked me up with a tryout at the local promotion, the little, it's called EPW Epic Pro Wrestling. It, it went under like three years after, you know, it was local, low budget, but yeah, I was trained by uh, two gentlemen called uh, Mean Mike and Philip Kirk out of Salt Lake City. And I don't know if this is going to look bad or not, but after I did my tryout, I was pretty much in the wrestling world for exactly 20 minutes before I had my first match. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I went to their tryout, did some rolls, did some bumps, and 20 minutes later, I'm opening their show with one of their veterans on the card. Like I was the opening match. If I knew wow. that, if I knew now what, if I knew then what I know now, I would have told them to f off, and I wouldn't even done the match because nobody in their right mind should have been getting in the wrestling ring. Oh, 20 not minutes, 20 not in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Yeah, the match wasn't exactly terrible because I'm, I'm a natural athlete. It's, it's what I've been doing since the age of three. Yeah. But it's I didn't know anything about the wrestling world. Like I, was, I, I wasn't properly trained. Like I didn't know the psychology or the ins and outs or anything. I was going to say, it must have been difficult and, yeah, trying to pick up the psychology of a match when you're, you've, been a, you've been a pro for 20 minutes. Exactly, so. yeah. I went to their – they were doing a show, and I did my tryout before the show – and one of their guys didn't show up. And next thing I know, I'm in the show, opening the opening the show, like the opening, the curtain jerking match. And as That's soon as mad. they said that, you can literally see the color drain from my face. <laughs> like, I went ghost white, like pale white, like this kind of paper white. I mean, oh, you wow. can literally see the color just drain. And I was stupid and a new guy, so I didn't know any better to tell them no. So, of course, I'm... I prepare for everything. So I had my pro gear, nice kick pads. I had nice gear when I started, but in my brain, nobody told me, Hey, dumbass, <laughs> you've only been doing this for 20 minutes. Don't get in the effing ring. <laughs> so within oh, 20 yeah. minutes, I go from being a nobody in the professional wrestling world to all of a sudden I'm curtain jerking for a show. And I give all those guys all my love and respect for that car on that card and that rock. I mean, they actually made me who I am today. You know, some of them might not admit it because you know how I got into the wrestling world because nobody should be wrestling 20 minutes after they do their first tryout no. match. No, no, I mean, that was, no, but since then, I mean, you guys can actually go on my YouTube page and you can actually literally watch my very first match. 
Oh, it wow. wasn't exactly well, a train wreck. We'll be checking that out for wow. sure. That's it. I'll send you guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll send you guys the link. It wasn't my. It wasn't like a great match, but I didn't fall on my face. I didn't look too horrible. The only reason why they let me do it is because they thought my gear looked good. They thought my moves were okay. I wasn't exactly great, but I wasn't too horrible. But 20 minutes after training, no, I shouldn't have not have been in no, there. No, no. Yeah. That could, have, uh, that could have quite easily ended up as mass transit 2.0. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the opponent I wrestled bit me in the head, like legitly bit me on my skull and drew blood <laughs> just to see if I was going to stick around after or if I was going to bail and run away. That's quite the hazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I'm a martial <laughs> artist. I don't turn. I don't back down from nobody, like nothing. So as soon as he said, that's your test, you know, as soon as they said, he bit you to see if you're going to come back. I'm like, so that's a wrestling move now? We're biting people? <laughs> I'm like, all right. So the very next day, I showed my back, my, I showed back up at training with the bandage on my head because <laughs> he bit me and thought I was going to run away, and there was no chance that I was taken off. <laughs> no, but no. I I got thrown in head first, and ever since that day, I got my very first out of state booking a month after that. That's crazy. crazy. That, that went fast. Yeah, I've uh, my first uh, three years of pro wrestling, I had over two hundred and fifty matches. Wow. wow. Well, we do have some stuff on that later on, so we'll we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but currently, uh, what move are you using as your finisher, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, I call it the drop dead. It's a hammerlock death drop. It's like the scorpion death drop, but you, I do it with a hammerlock. And yeah, do yeah. It. Okay. And I call it the drop dead. And I don't know if you can see this mask on my wall or yeah. not, but I got a sting mask yeah, up we, there too. We I, it. I thought it was good until sting came back, and then I'm like, damn. <laughs> now he's going to be using the death drop. So other than that, my original finisher was the jackhammer. Because, wow, okay. like, again, Goldberg yeah. is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I got Goldberg, a 360-pound yeah. opponent, and I couldn't jackhammer his big ass. <laughs> so. See, there's a little there's a little bit of contention in uh, in real wrestling um, between who does the better move, Scorpion or Bret Hart. Um, the Scorpion, is it the Scorpion Deathlock, or is it the um, the Sharpshooter? And I'm of the firm mind is it's the Sharpshooter. Uh, in, in my mind, it's... I'm a Sting fan, but I'm a Surfer Sting fan. I'm not a real uh, Crow Sting fan. Yeah, I understand why he did it and all, but yeah, to me, I I I always call it the Sharpshooter. Yeah, unless unless he hooks both legs under one arm, and then it kind of more resembles the Scorpion Deathlock. Yeah, if they hook both ankles, both ankles, it kind of like does the Deathlock. But if it's just the one ankle, it reminds me of the Sharpshooter. But to me, it. it it all depends on who they grew up watching and, you know, if they like Sting or not, they call it the sharpshooter. If they like Sting, they call it the deathlock. But to me, it's always the sharpshooter. Well answered. I like that answer. So you currently wrestle with, uh, is it Destination 6? Uh, Destination 6 is currently my home base of wrestling, yes. Yeah. So how did you get involved with them? Uh, I started sharing a couple of their things online because, like I said, I'm a wrestling fan first and foremost. I know it's some people might call me a mark for wrestling, but first and foremost, I'm 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 a wrestling fan. It's, I don't it's care not a bad promotion. thing. It's not a bad thing yeah, being yeah. a mark for wrestling. I mean, that's why we're sat here now. Right. Every every pro wrestler now started out as a fan, and if they yeah. didn't, then something's wrong. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, because. 
we all got interested in it by watching wrestling first. So you have to, in my eyes, you have to be a fan before you can be a wrestler because it's just like the natural progression of things. It's yeah. not something you can just fall into. You have to commit to it and give everything to right. it. So yeah. But yeah, with Destination Six, I came across some of their stuff on Facebook and I just shared some stuff and then I sent them a reel and I wasn't really planning on getting the spot and they said, hey, come on down. And then next thing I know, uh, the very second match I had with them, I walked out of there with their high desert title. So for making your debut after 20 minutes, you were barely in the door five minutes before you won a title. Um, actually, my very first title, <laughs> I won my fourth match. Wow. <laughs> I was the Utah State EPW champion. Nice. Nice. So, um, I mean, Destination 6 are a pretty new company from what I can find. Uh, was it 2018 uh, they started up? Correct. Yeah, in Barstow, yeah. California. Yeah. So, um, like... With them being a new startup and that, how how have they grown? I, I, you know, how are they doing? Oh, they're doing excellent. They got a wonderful building. They got an awesome ring. Their their roster is great. Their the the owners are exceptional. They they always make sure that their the talent is first and foremost happy, no matter what. Again, you know, COVID <laughs> kind of put everything on a back shelf. But yeah. my most recent thing is is a, uh, I just did a tribute match for Eddie Van Halen. Uh, due to him passing because i uh at yeah. destination six i work with his wife oh wow she's a manager she's a manager of one of our wrestlers at destination six called uh louis 54 yeah she's his dance partner as well as his manager and she's actually going to be doing a pro debut uh wrestling match here soon but yeah unfortunately every match i've ever had at destination six for some reason for the two years is Bidden a no DQ match or a buried alive match or a false count anywhere match or one of my title defenses, they decide to put me against my own best friend tag team partner. So I'm like, I've never had one match at Destination Six where it's a normal rules match and I've wow. kind of like thrived in that atmosphere apparently. But yeah, I got Pretty their good. title and I held that title for almost for over 320 days. Wow, that's quite the thing. And then I got in a triple threat match at destination six and ended up getting punched in the nuts oh. <laughs> yeah i was on a top turnbuckle and i was getting ready to throw him off and he kind of uppercutted me straight in my junk but in an odq match it's it was legal anything goes yeah and then instead of doing instead of taking the tower of doom suplex for some reason i got a ddt from the top rope Ooh. so after getting punched in the nuts then dropped on the <laughs> back of my head and then dropped on top of my head I was done. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'll do it. After I'll do it. Sure. About 320 days, I was, I, I was, I was finished. But I also went 367 days undefeated in Destination Six. Destination I mean, that's that's a, that's a lot of faith that they have in you. I mean, yeah, if sure. they if, if they're giving you that sort of place, it, I suppose it's fitting, really, with Goldberg being your favorite wrestler. It's uh, that's it just shows they put a lot of stock in you. Yeah, that's that's I, I tried I, I did my best. I tried to represent that title as much as possible. Just as I got it, this COVID stuff hit off and I was gonna try I had I had book I had a tryout in the UK for a company out there that I think went down. It was supposed to be a new Japan branch that was supposed to be starting in the UK. Was this OWE? Uh, yes, actually it was, or, yes. Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Sorry, yeah. yeah, I said New Japan. It was OWE. Oh, it's, it's sorry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, OWE UK. Yes, I'm, I'm aware but of that. I was supposed uh, to go issues. there and have a tryout and defend my title, and 
they had their problems. And then I had a Puerto Rico booking canceled the same thing. So I was going to take their title and go, you know, pretty much around wherever yeah. I could and defend yeah. it because it's an open title <laughs> I defend it anywhere. Yeah. And then COVID hit. And then I ended up holding the title for 300 days and nothing to do with it. So I felt that. The ma, you know, still champ. That's the thing. That's what I told everybody too. I'm like, I'm the longest reigning high desert champion ever. They're like, because of COVID. I'm like, you're gonna blame me for COVID. <laughs> I'm like, really? Massive heel heat. Right. That's what I told him. I'm like, no, I will gladly sit here and hold my belt for 300 days and not defend it, and it's not my fault. Yeah. If you look at it as well, it's the same pretty much everywhere at the minute because you've got Walter, who's like been the NXT UK champion for 654 days and a lot of that was because of COVID it's the same with Kaylee Ray she's the NXT UK women's champion for over here again because she couldn't defend it I mean to me it seems like the perfect sort of thing to draw heel heat from because you know I'm undefeated in 300 odd days no one's touched my title yada 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 that's a great way of building heat I would have thought oh yeah I did it for I did it for months (laughs) I mean I milked that for months I'm like, Absolutely. I'm the champion and I'm sitting here and doing nothing. But I also pinned their heavyweight champion to get, he was also, he, the guy I got the belt from was a double champion at the time. Oh, wow. Well, he okay. was their heavyweight <laughs> and high desert champion. So technically yeah. I pinned their their heavyweight champion. So logically I should have a title shot somewhere. I, I'd say you're the linear champion then. That's, that's what I said yeah. too. We're going to campaign for William here to get his heavyweight title shot that he clearly deserves. So. Straight, I'm down for that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get a petition going. <laughs> Change dot. So, um, <laughs> so just um, just from what you were mentioning there with the with the Destination Six High Desert Championship, that's that's kind of a unique uh, name for a championship. Is there a reason for that, or is it just like uh, so? Obviously, like with WWE, of course, you've got the Intercontinental Title. Is this like their secondary, or is there like a a gimmick to it um the high desert title is their mid-card title but barstow california is in the middle of the desert in the like it's in the middle of the desertish area between las vegas nevada and cal in los angeles california it's literally like 10 miles away from hell valley the hottest place in the united states okay so they named it the high desert title because they're pretty much in the middle of the high desert yep between arizona nevada california makes sense yeah, it definitely makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, unique, Barstow's not exactly a small town, but it's 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 a kind of a smallish city and kind of in the middle of nowhere. All oh, right, okay. So it's That's like a regional name then. So it's, it's sort of like having like the US title, but you know, renamed the you know the uh, high desert title for the area that it's in. Yeah, the re- like it, the high desert title just sounded a lot better than calling it the Southern California title because there was a lot of other Southern California championships yeah. at the it's time. A, it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty generic thing to call a title, really, isn't it? It is. And, you know, high desert sounds very unique. It gives it an edge that, you know, another company wouldn't have if they're. Right. Especially when you're less than 20 miles away from Hell Valley, United States. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. So, totally yeah, that's, sense. that's really cool. So, I mean, um, you also wrestle for Idaho's only wrestling company, which would be Idaho Fight Club. Uh, wrestle Club. For Idaho Wrestle Club, sorry, that's the one, yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about them? Uh, yeah, uh, Wrestle Club is Idaho's one and only, and I, I think it might be one and only forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's their one and only wrestling, their only one, one and only wrestling company. It's not like a real big name wrestling company. It's not huge. 
but it is in Idaho because you have to be under the athletic commission and stuff like that. But yeah. it's ran by a wonderful dude called Garibay. He's he's an awesome guy. It's it's a good company. Awesome awesome people. Sometimes it, you know it, it sucked doing you know shows in 110 degree heat with you know a black canvas, but. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm a staple at Wrestle Club. I've been there for almost two and a half years now, almost three. Oh, so wow. how long? How long ago did you debut? Like, when was your? When did you start wrestling? Uh, uh when did I officially start wrestling? Yeah. Uh, that was that twenty. That was after that twenty minute match. Yeah. That's what I call it. That's that twenty. <laughs> after that twenty minutes, and I got that my definitely counts. <laughs> right. So that was. No, that's the April seventeenth of twenty seventeen. Wow! Day before my birthday. There you go. So you've been you've been in the game just just under four years then. Yeah. So four. yeah, yeah. So obviously you've made great strides in that time then. So to go from like you say your your match after twenty minutes, winning a title almost straight after that, and then going on and becoming a staple in in other companies, it's it sounds like it's going really well. Uh, when I got thrown in head first, I had no choice. It was either sink or swim, and I'm not a sinker, so I made sure to swim. Without sounding like too conceited or whatever, I've never failed at anything I have attempted in my life, and I was not going to start with wrestling. There was just there, – there was no way. And in Utah, it was pretty hard to find a legit, like, training company that didn't just want your money because mm. there's a lot of companies out there that are yeah. like they, – they, they want your money, but, they, you know – they claim they have people to train you, but then when you get in there, it's like, well, what have they done? Who are they? Where have they gone? And they're pretty much nobodies from nowhere that have done nothing. And, and I like, I, 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 like I said, my trainers here, the guys that actually taught me the first year of wrestling, those guys were awesome. They put their heart and souls into teaching me what, what they know. And I'm hoping that with what I've done, I've at least made them proud at least a little bit from where I became to what I am now. I mean, I'm pretty sure you have because, I mean, you've been on the rise pretty quickly, really, from what I've seen. Yeah, I just refused to fail after – well, once I got in that minute, that first match after 20 minutes, a couple – like a year later, I started learning more about in-ring stuff and psychology. And like I said, if if I knew then what I know now, I, I would have told them to F off and I wouldn't have gotten in that ring. Yeah, no, I agree with yeah, that. I completely agree with that. I went along with the people and they said, Hey, we need an opener and get in the ring. And I got in the ring. <laughs> so at this point, did you even know how to like take bumps or did you know? Uh, did you... Yeah. Before the, before uh, the triad actually consisted of rolling and taking bumps and, you know, doing a couple of holds here and there. I, I, I cool. was safe. Like I can handle myself and protect the other people, but it was a simple match. It was a simple 10 minute match, some catch can wrestling, some big stuff, catch him off the ropes. It was, I was pretty much there to make, you know, just to make sure that the guy that I was wrestling looked okay, looked good. And I felt like I did my job. He kicked my ass. I looked good. He looked good. (laughs) I didn't make, I didn't completely fall on my face. There was a one messed up clothesline because again, I was new to the game. So I didn't know how to do very many calls. Yeah. So he got shot off the ropes and went to go do a clothesline and I didn't call the line. So when I hit him with it, he kind of didn't know what was going on. Right. <laughs> but I think uh, after only 20 minutes experience in the ring, I think you can be forgiven for that. Uh, yeah, I would say. You can I think you get a pass on that, that one, dude. I've recorded almost every match I've had if I could. And yeah, I got my very first match recorded. I didn't do great, but I didn't, you know, fall on my face. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. This seems to be something a lot of people are doing now. Because I remember um, 
if anyone's read Chris Jericho's book, he mentions in that that he has kept a diary of every match because he wanted to be able to look back and see which matches he'd had. Uh, I've noticed a lot of people are doing that. Is that something you're consciously doing? Uh, some of it is because I, I, I like to remember. I'm a nostalgia guy. If you can't tell by like all the posters and stuff behind me, it's... Yeah, it, it didn't. I didn't get that feeling from somehow. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's some of it's. I would like to be able to remember it when I've been hit in the head so much that I'm too old and I got I'm all concussed and I can't remember crap. Yeah. So I'll have that to look back on and be like, "Hey, that was me," you know. <laughs> hey, that's me. But I, I go had back a memory. my list. But yeah, I go back through my list of matches so I can I, I can check on certain matches. I know what certain days they were, so I can you know. I, if I remember a spot or a certain move, I can go back and I can automatically connect it to that day, that guy, yeah. that match. I mean, as well, I suppose it helps you go back and look at like your body of work and look at where you can improve and what you can do, what you could have done extra in certain spots and all that sort of stuff. So when I, I go, when I go back and look, it's I, I I look for what move I I look good doing, and if I look foolish doing one, then I'm like, okay, well we ain't doing that anymore. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Accentuate the strengths, isn't it? Right. Yeah. I just don't want to look foolish doing something, you know. Well, if I can't do it, I'll admit it. I can't do it, and I won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no point lying to yourself because it's just going to get you nowhere. You've got to. You've oh, got to be realistic. Anybody or myself. You've got to. You've got to be realistic with what you do. Correct. You've gone through a bit of a character change recently. It was more of a name change because I a lot of companies like they have a hard time pronouncing my name. Yeah, I'm I'm not even going to attempt that name. I'm going to butcher that name, Summit Chronic, if I say it. <laughs> how do how do we uh, pronounce that one? Anunnaki. Anunnaki, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it means sky people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly how I would have pronounced it as well. Just just saying. The only thing that we're yeah, going to do is Anu. <laughs> The the only thing that was going through my head was Nanakai from Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually from the cult, the ancient culture of Samaria. Yeah, it's an ancient okay. culture in a land yeah. that's currently known as Iraq. Yeah, it was like the first known civilization of people, or something like that. Correct. They gave us our written language and supposedly yeah. helped create mankind and so on and so forth. But people had a very very hard time pronouncing that name. But I promise you guys, Anunnaki is coming back. I'm about to have a personality disorder because of some of these freaking people out here. <laughs> but uh, I'll give you, I'll give you guys a little preview. You know, everybody else is kind of weird, you know, weirded out about it too. But Anunnaki will be back, bigger, oh, wow. better, bolder, badder, meaner. I suppose as well, like having the two sort of like personas, it it, it works. Like one one could be healed, one could be faced, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? You could work both healing right. face at the same time, which is which is an interesting concept. Uh, the reincarnation of Anu is he's he's a face. All right, he's a protector. He's a protector of the people. Now right. William Hollow, on the other hand, I'm I'm to the point with William Hollow that I'm I'm about to start just choking out people, like and stomping on foreheads and yeah. I, William Hollow is the guy that if you get William, you're probably going to get your head kicked in pretty pretty good. He he's the aggressor so, then, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I like I like the concept there of uh, you know having two characters playing off each other as as, as yourself as well. That's really interesting. Well, it's, it's certainly out of the box. Well, my but, technical diagnosis is I'm technically a paranoid schizophrenic with borderline split personality disorder. That's my shoot life, and wrestling it's 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 my connection. It it, it allows me to 
show myself without without feeling self-conscious about it yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. i can i can be boisterous i can be me i can i can do my weird stuff i can you know i i I can be me that's why i love wrestling it allows the it allows what's in here to come out and for some reason people like me for that i mean i've i've tried to be hated I, i tried to get the fans to hate me i poke people in the eye i kick them in the junk i'll i mean i'll pull their hair and the whole time the crowds yeah i'm like what is wrong with you people i just tried to rip out <laughs> I mean, his eyeball and cheering me i suppose like from when, when i when i've seen when i look at the pictures of you i get i get darby allen-ish vibes and i was um, thinking that yeah darby yeah. allen is one of my dream tag team partners <laughs> i love darby allen he's yeah he's he's such a, he's a good he such is a good wrestler i think him and orange cassidy are the two breakouts from uh AEW. Mm. um but i i totally get the derby vibes so i mean the look of derby for me he would be a heel but he's just too damn likable right yeah yeah he's so plucky you want to root for him yeah we call that a monster face where i'm from yeah he, <laughs> he he does some bad stuff but at the same time it's like it's impossible for people to dislike the dude no matter what he does yeah, i mean i don't know what it is you just can't dislike him and like for me, the, the moment was when he had that draw with with Cody. Was it Fighter Fest? That was his. Yeah. That was his first one. That was his. Yeah, uh, that was first just, appearance of AEW. And to that be was fair, such I'd, a great match. I'd never heard of Darby before that. And oh, me either. I hadn't either. When but when I I'm, I'm when three I states match, away from Washington, so I've heard a lot about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when when I saw that match, like I was just like, wow, this guy, he's he's going places. He's I figured we'd be a good tag team because he's half dead inside and I'm all dead. So <laughs> it'd work out. Yeah, I think there's definitely an opportunity there. So um, there you go, Cody. Darby, if you're watching, just just uh, give William here a little call. Yeah. yeah. You hear that? That's from the UK. You hear <laughs> from that, UK. Darby? That's from the, from the UK. UK to the US. <laughs> I mean, Cody's okay. a regular watcher. He listens oh, yeah. To yeah, Cody, Cody's on every week, mate. Yeah, he's... Uh, <laughs> He's our producer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tag him. He has no idea who I am, but I'll tag him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Self-promotion, mate. That's how it's done. It's Straight. Be done. Yep. So, um, <laughs> obviously, you're saying like you're going to do the, um, the split personality character gimmick and stuff. So what, what will the differences between... Um, I forgot how to pronounce it again. Anu oh, You can just, you can just call me Anu. Anu, yeah. So what's going to be the difference between Anu and William? What's the biggest differences beside the mask? Uh, the complete wrestling style. Wrestling style is going to be completely, completely, utterly different. I'm mixing British catch can strong style with Lucha Libre. Oh, oh wow. Okay. That's, that's interesting. So at the same time, it's, I, I'm like I said, I'm a catch can wrestler. That's, that's where my bread and butter is, is I'm a chain wrestler. That's, that's what I do from high school to pro race. I have a very hard time finding an opponent that can actually chain because apparently in the United States, we have a problem with that. When you tell somebody, you know, okay, well, we're going to do some chain and then you see their eyes get all big and then they, but I'm a brawler. I'm like, okay, but you don't know how to chain. Nice. Like, oh, well, I don't like to chain. I'm like, it's part of wrestling school. You learned how to chain. So let's go do some chain. Yeah, the best is. chain opponent I've ever had so far is actually a guy in wrestle club called rusty or outlaw rusty livings. He's great at chain. He hasn't been doing it very long either, but that's so far, that is my number one favorite opponent so far. I mean, obviously, chain wrestling is, 
it's very much a fundamental of the basics. Do you know what I mean? It is the basic of the basic stuff. After bumping and running yeah. the ropes, it is the next step up, essentially. Well, it, it is It is in the is. UK anyway. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, in our, in our training schools, that's exactly what you do. You go from bumping and rolling to learning chain. And right. if, if you don't know chain, how can you step in that ring and expect to be able to put on a I don't match think you can. with somebody who is that style of wrestling. It's just, the match is just going to be a train wreck. I'm not talking down on them, but it's just like, oh, no, just not, not part of their natural thing. It's they're, they're a brawler or they're a power guy or they're a body guy. Yeah. Or... Maybe it's just the, maybe it's just the British in there. But you've got to have, you've got to know how to do basic chain wrestling. You need you need to have all the tools to do the job. You wouldn't rock up yeah. to a job as a plumber without a spanner. Exactly. Right. Catch can wrestling was the start of all pro wrestling. I yeah. mean, it was all based off catch can wrestling. I mean, that was exactly. the original deal. Exactly. If you ain't got the foundations down, you're not going to be able to build a match around it. But as a wrestler, and I, I can evolve and adapt to any opponent um, based on yeah. their style, because you know our job is to make each other feed off each other and make each other look good or look bad, depending on who you're wrestling. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. So, from what, from what I understand as well, you recently uh, dropped dropped weight class as well. So you went from two hundred and thirty pounds down to around two hundred five. Uh, is that part of the transition between the two characters? Is that something that's going to be played into it, or was that just a personal choice? A little of both. Um, I'm six foot three. I mean, like I'm a pretty tall dude. And then I put my boots on. I'm about six four, six five, and I didn't want to be like the beanpole skinny kind of guy, tall guy. So I tried yeah. to muscle out. So I tried to get bigger and they, and all it did was give me basically, I'm a new dad of a, a seven year old kid. So I kind of got dad handles. If you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Dad bod. Dad bod. We call right. it here. Yeah. <laughs> so I got rid of that during COVID and I figured during COVID seems like I got some downtime. I'm going to do, you know, some personal changes and all that stuff. Yeah. But it was, it was kind of for the gimmick, but it was also a personal choice. But I'm an athlete, so it's you know you know you kind of gotta. Yeah. I, I prefer to look like one. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Uh, so you know, just as a side question to that, so obviously, as you say, you know the the whole worldwide pandemic thing has been very difficult for everyone. How have you kept busy during this? Uh, well, it's been about a year now, hasn't it? So I've actually become a licensed, certified personal trainer through the National Athletics of Sports Medicine. Um, I do all. A lot of exercising. I do a lot of the dad thing. Um, a lot of marketing. I've, I, you know, because we're wrestlers, so even in the off time, we still got to sell ourselves just to make sure nobody forgets about us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because you take too long off, people can tend to fall off, and then you're not remembered anymore. And there's, there's always someone ready to take your spot if you take your foot off the gas. Isn't there? Right. At any given time, there's what, 50,000 wrestlers through, let's just say the United States, and we're all fighting yeah. for the same 500 jobs. So you disappear, there's somebody right there to take that job. Oh, in all honesty, if it wasn't for my wife, shout out to you, Christy, Miss Christy. If it wasn't for her, there's no way I'd be able to do this, man. I mean, with my downtime and not being able to wrestle and travel, and, and most people say this about their wives and all that stuff, but my wife, is she, she's the reason why I'm in wrestling. She's the reason why I continue to wrestle. She she helps support me through wrestling, the downtimes and all that stuff, and she does it all with a smile on her face and uh, hopping her step. I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think our wives are sick of hearing about wrestling. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I guarantee if I ask my wife right now, she'd shout it. 
<laughs> like, I, I could, uh, I'll, like, the only show that my wife watches with me is AEW. And um, I could be like, oh, this this is happening at AEW. She'll just look at me like dead fish, like, fantastic. <laughs> my wife digs wrestling. She goes to wrestling shows with me, ROH, Impact Wrestling. She'll, she'll, do, she'll do the 15 hour drives with me. She'll, you know, she, she, she has, she, she's down. She's hardcore. I mean, that's that's amazing. My, my wife comes to wrestling shows with me. She loves watching it live. She likes the atmosphere and uh, the party style of it. But watching it on TV, she just can't do. No, she she whatever anything wrestling. She she she's down to do it with me. Except I, I'm currently in a problem of uh, I've been spending too much money on gear. Ah. <laughs> Paul has the same a lot of downtime, so I have a lot of time <laughs> to think of gear. Yeah. Yeah, but Ads yeah. is right. I, ha- I have the same problem with belts. <laughs> I don't collect belts unless I earned them. <laughs> oh, yeah. shots fired. Pew, wow. pew. Wow. That's me called out. <laughs> with his plastic toffee into Intercontinental Championship. Hey, but he's. I, I got no belts. He's at least got a belt. I got no belts. My belt was taken. And my, I yeah, lost but your mind. belt was real. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there was the fact that you actually won yours, whereas I just bought mine on eBay. He, he uh, million so dollar right. his way to the, um, <laughs> to the, to the title. <laughs> but no, I collect other stuff. I mean, uh, the biggest, the person that made me actually interested in wanting to wrestle in the first place was actually Leo Rush. Oh, okay. So that's an interesting name. I, I met think, him at ROH doing a doing a when they were doing a thing in Las Vegas. I met him there, and and after that, and I met I met the Hardys while we were there too. That was my wife's whole thing, is because she, she marked out for them. Yeah, who wouldn't? She got, she got a nice autograph and all that stuff. But when I met Leo Rush, it was seeing how his life was and how he lived his day. You know, the busyness, the appointments, the trainings, the making bookings, the showing up late at night to do shows, the crowd looking at you with cheering. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that's where I should be right there. So this would have been around about the time you won the top prospect tournament, if, if my maths is right. Uh, I believe it was actually a little bit. Technically, it was, uh, I think it was February of 2017, actually, literally two months before I started wrestling. Right. Okay. So, yeah, it was around about that time. That's amazing. So you, you sort of caught him at the time he was on his way up. Yeah, I marked out for him. I paid for his autograph. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the moth. <laughs> yeah, I got I got Marty and the Moth side autograph too. <laughs> I got a picture with him and he was uh, at the time he was the television champion and I told him, I'm like, you know, if I take this belt and bolt, you ain't catching me, fool. <laughs> so if you look in the picture, you can literally see as he's got the belt, he's got a death grip behind the belt behind my shoulder. Because <laughs> I told him, I'm like, because we were in a casino in Samstown Casino, and he's from the UK, so he doesn't know the states like I do. So I told yeah. him, I'm like, if I took this belt and bolted, all I got to do is get out the door. And you ain't catching me. So when he took the picture, he put it on my shoulder, but he had a death grip on the back of that thing on the back. <laughs> Do you know, I've actually got a picture of me with Marty Skill and him holding uh, the Ring of Honor world title that I've got. That's dope. So, uh, yeah. And that same title I've got has actually been defended in the ring. So <laughs> that was a but Yeah, that, that night at ROH, that was the night I decided that I'm going to be a professional wrestler. 
that was the moment that that made the mind up was it i'm gonna say did, yeah when did, i went to roh live in vegas that was just yeah. the prestige man it was the crowd the lights just edge i'm not i'm not a people person a lot of you know weirdly enough i i don't like crowds of people but when i'm in the ring the crowds that they kind of go away yeah i man. mean i don't like being the center of attention unless i'm wrestling because once you get in that ring you're literally the center of attention you're like you're See, in the everything center. else fades away when you're in I'm, the ring I'm the opposite way around. I, I, I hate people, but I love I love gatherings. Right. For I, me, it's just groups of people I don't know. Yeah. Like if, see, I, like, if I, I, I just, mall, I, 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 re, I just don't like people, but I love <laughs> gatherings. It's, it's, it's such an oxymoron, but if there's a gathering, I'm there. <laughs> but there's no greater fans of anything in the world than there, than there is wrestling fans. Cause wrestling fans, they will, they, they will set you straight and what they want one way or another. If they don't like something, they will tell you. And if you don't like it, you tell them and they'll just give you the finger. They're like, well, I pay for the tickets. So what are we doing? Exactly. We're a fickle bunch. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 I've, I've been in steel cages doing MMA fights where there's more family issue, you know, more conglomerate than, you know, most locker rooms. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um, imagine. punched a guy in the face and he wasn't mad, but I accidentally stiffed somebody in the ring and I get crap about it for a week. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't trade wrestling for the world, man. I mean, wrestling, it's, it's the greatest sport on planet. I don't care what anybody says. Wrestling is the greatest sport on planet earth. Yeah. That's why wrestlers come here, football players, boxers, hockey yeah. players, basketball players. They, it's, it's the toughest sport I ever, man. I don't think there's a, there's another sport in the world that like invokes the emotion that wrestling does. No, I, I completely agree. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's one of those sports where every is literally a roller coaster, and it's it's so divisive as well. So, like, you know, just. You, you can talk about someone like Brock Lesnar and someone's going to absolutely hate him because he's part-time, he's not in the business, yada, yada, yada. And then you've got someone on the other side of that who absolutely loves Brock Lesnar because he's just a, a limited appearances guy. He's a, he's a special attraction. And that, I mean, you, you get that in some sports with like, like football or soccer. And, you know, it, it gets a bit heated, but nothing like you see in the wrestling business. Yeah. Right. But in the soccer field, like if you walked up and punched your coach in the face, you're getting in trouble. Absolutely. In the wrestling world, I can walk up and punch the booker in the face and he's going to give me an envelope at the end of the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you've had, like you were saying earlier, within your first like couple of years, you've had over 250 matches. I think you're now currently at over 400 matches, if I'm correct. I would be, I'd be well, I'm at 410. 410. And um, you I'd, be, are, I'd be well above that if it wasn't for COVID this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you Absolutely. you are one of, if not the fastest rising wrestler from Utah. And uh, can you tell us about, you know, a couple of matches that you've had within those 400s that stick out the most? My what the one that's for me would be my uh, one of my trainers at the time he was going by uh the ringmaster Thanatos he played like a clown ringmaster gimmick and for him to actually work with me and not just do his normal I'm just gonna go in there and stomp the crap out of people thing mm. it's that that was that was a big thing for me is because you know having your trainer put enough trust in you to say hey kid I'm gonna help put you over yeah. That's, and then it's, I, uh, it's, 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 it speaks like, volumes. It really does. And I mean, it shows that you're doing a good job and that you're, you're doing what you should be doing and you're doing it right. 
but uh, one of the, the one of the good things was is uh, I've really like not to sound being an asshole to any of my uh, former opponents or whatever. I've never had that like big name former like that big name opponent. I've been wrestling a bunch of other indie guys that are like I said, no offense to them, but you know, I yeah. I am William, so you can all suck it if you don't like it. But <laughs> I've never had anybody that so far to this day, and this isn't me being like ignorant or you know big ego or whatever. I've always had to dumb myself down for them. So I'm looking for that opponent to where I don't got to dumb myself down for them. I want that. I want that star opponent. I want that. It doesn't have to be a big name. I don't care. If, I don't care who they are. I just want that big star match, you know, good chain, good story, good, you know, I don't crowd is that to me that I, I did one match so far, a dark match without a crowd. And it was, uh, Weird to say the least. Yeah, it's, it's a very yeah. different feel wrestling at the minute without without the crowds. And I mean, you can't feed off them. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I've said I've said it before as well. I mean, you, I I give full credit to WWE for you know bringing in the Thunderdome to try and bring the fans back into it a bit more. But it's see for you me, can't replicate the feel and the atmosphere of a real live crowd. See, I, I have to sort of like slightly disagree with that because the Thunderdome just pisses me off. It literally just pisses me off because it gives WWE the um, the opportunity to push any narrative that they want. Like the sounds that you're hearing ain't coming from them them LED boards that are showing people's faces. Like, Correct. Oh, the that. buttons. That's what bothers me. The yeah. boo buttons. The changing yeah. buttons. <laughs> yeah. You suck it's all buttons. it's all piped in, and I mean, yeah, the faces there they do help in the background. But the noise that the WWE is providing, it just pisses me right off. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite frankly, it's insulting. It's, it's insulting. Yeah. Like as 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 a fan of wrestling, and to be as you know deep into wrestling as I am, uh, it's it's pretty insulting to somebody that has any sort of knowledge of the business. And I think the way that AEW has handled it has been a much better way of doing it. You know, right? Was, WWE just didn't want to go through the logistics of all the COVID testing and the bracelets and the yeah. all the other stuff. But for some reason, NXT has fans. NXT has a crowd. They mm. have some people around in NXT. They do. They have a few. They have a couple of hundred around the ring, don't they? So again, you know, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with your with your point on the Thunderdome. I, I completely agree that you know the funneled in noise, the channeled. You know, this is what we want you to think. So this is what we're going to push. They are pushing their own narrative, but you do have to give them some credit for, you know, trying to be inventive, trying to be innovative in a, in a time when they could very easily have just gone. You know what? We're just going to stop for six months, whatever. You the know, weird part was when they did reruns. That's what I like yeah. about wrestling on television. There is no reruns. Exactly. And then WWE started doing reruns. Because they got locked down, and I'm like, wait, yeah. I watched this episode last week. What's going on here? See, we we never experienced that. I don't think over here. No, over here we were we had, I mean, obviously NXT UK shut down for about six. Yeah, months. yeah. And full credit to them because they still managed to put out a show every week. I don't know how they did it, but they did. They oh, I did NXT UK, man. That would be one of my dream yeah. places to wrestle. It's it's a, it's amazing, you know, for for how long we've. Uh, had WWE coming over here and to finally have our own let's say territory it, it's fantastic and yeah I think it's great for the for the business in terms of getting British wrestlers out there more Absolutely. you know I was a big yeah. fan of Pete Dunne before of NXT that's the weird yeah. thing I watched a lot of Pete Dunne stuff before yeah. NXT yeah. Yeah. see I, I was a I was a Tyler Bate guy 
um, way before the uh, the UK tournament. Like Tyler Bay is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> and uh, I was a Trent Seven guy way before it. So between us, we sorted British strong style. I'll say it. I'll say it. Can we do the mustache pose yet? <laughs> yeah. I had one of those, but I shaved it off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for fear of getting a bit of heat, like British, I love the style of British wrestling. The actual match is fantastic, but I hate British promos. I think British promos are so cheesy. They just, they just sound incredible. For me, it's the grizzled young veterans. Yeah, or, or don't get me wrong. I can't yeah. stand the grizzled young veterans, oh, especially when Zach they get Gibson. a microphone. I can't stand them. I love Zach Gibson. Love him. He's such, such, such a good heel. But I think I mean, he's not the best heel in wrestling. But no, no. But I, our quiz master Peanut would have you believe it'd be MJF if I'm correct. But there's my cheap heat. There it is. We'll we'll call that my cheap heat. I feel every time Zach grabs the microphone, it's pretty much like the same stuff, just said differently. Yeah, I mean, he he always gets his um his his catchphrases in, doesn't he? You know the yeah. the whole soon to be recognized thing. Oh no, uh, I do the same uh, yeah, thing. But, I get in dead is better whenever I can. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, this is it. I mean, you got you got to push your brand, haven't you? So. But then again, um, they're signed to NXT contracts and I'm sitting in my room. So, <laughs> I mean, when you look at it that way. <laughs> right. I got no room I mean, to talk. <laughs> I mean, they, they've done well for themselves. So obviously going from being in NXT UK to main NXT is is quite impressive. It's, it's not easily done, I don't think. What's... I'm just happy to see that the, the UK is getting more attention when it comes to wrestling because the UK has been an awesome place for wrestling for at least the last over 15 years and nobody's paid attention until... Yeah, you it's know, taken a long time to build the scene back up. We, we, spoke to, um, we spoke to Eddie Ryan uh, last week. Who's, um, he's appeared on NXT UK. Um, and he was saying the same thing, you know, when the World of Sport era died all the people from that era just sort of went away. They didn't look, yeah. you know, pass that knowledge on. They never gave anything back. People. They never gave anything back. And so from sort of 1990s to sort of mid 2005, the mid 2000s time, our scene over here was just trying to claw itself back, trying to get back to relevance any way it could. Trying to if figure out how to be people, a wrestling company again, yeah. how to wrestle. If it wasn't for people like Doug Williams, it's, it's fair to say we might not even have a scene. So... But you see, going going back to NXT UK a second, I mean, during that chat with Eddie Ryan that we had, um, the precursor to that was a company called Five Star Wrestling. And after Five Star Wrestling folded, it only lasted six weeks. But after Five Star Wrestling folded, it, it basically put spotlight on British wrestling again and w, mm. gave WWE reason to go, there's a market there. And if you look at the roster of NXT UK, it's essentially the roster of five-star wrestling minus a couple of people. So I mean, it's, you, it's a good amalgamation of all the main companies. You know, you've got, you got you guys from progress. You've got you guys from rev pro from mm -hmm. ICW uh, WrestleGate. There's loads of them there now. I mean, you look at, you look at the roster that five-star wrestling had, you, you had the uh, Dave Mastiff run there. Yeah. You had, uh, 
Zach Gibson. Flash Morgan Webster, Zach Gibson. Flash Morgan Webster, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There was there was a lot of people on there that jumped ship and went to NXT UK. Well, not jumped ship because that ship had already sank, but... Yeah. yeah, I mean, five star, five star died quick, just as quickly as it arrived. It, it just it burnt itself out so quick because they were spending insane money and not getting anything back in return. You've got to know your market. And at the end of the day, this was a, essentially a brand new company. They'd run like three shows previously, but they they got a TV deal and thought, right, we're going to start running big budget productions every week live. But they were booking out ten, twelve thousand seat arenas and getting maybe a thousand people through the door. Now that's that's never going to make ends meet. Yeah, nah, that's balling backwards. Yeah. yeah. Then the death knell was uh, twenty grand to Alberto Del Rio for one appearance. Oh. But there we go. Well, yeah, I'm going to say it worked Damn. out about thirty thousand dollars for uh, Alberto Del Rio, and um, and now he's sitting in jail. Sorry, let's not yeah. talk about. I mean, I'm, to be to be fair, I'm surprised they didn't ar- they, they didn't arrest him on arrival here. If I'm honest with you, he's just got yeah. one of the faces that looks proper dodge, Annie. <laughs> he just looks so shit. Yeah. <laughs> you look at me. You yeah, think, well, oh, I, I ain't looking to end up in a Mexican anywhere, so <laughs> I'll just keep Del Rio out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, going go, getting back on topic, then you mentioned a little earlier that you'd had tryouts with Impact Wrestling. So that's that's pretty amazing, given you've you've, you've only been wrestling for what four years. Uh, so, how did that come about? Uh, there's a company in Cal or in, La- or in Las Vegas called Future Stars of Wrestling. Yep. And they're 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 tied into everything. Every wrestling company you can think of on uh, Killer Cross, Kyrian Cross. It's the company yep. he came from. Yep. Oh wow. Okay. FSW. And they, they literally. If yeah, FSW. If any company comes to Las Vegas, be it ROH, All Elite, WWE, it doesn't. They hook up with FSW. And Impact came to Las Vegas and they were doing some tryouts and the owner of SSW dropped me a line and said, hey, they're doing a tryout. And I figured, why not? I'd give it a shot. And I choked on both of them, just to let you know. If you don't mind me asking, how did you choke? I was uh, I was a little over my head, if that makes any sense. I was, yeah. I'm was i too new to the game to... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a bigger ego than I should have. I should have... I, I shouldn't have done the tryout. I, it's... It was that whole thing of just me trying to push things a little too fast, a little yeah. too far. Yeah. And with some of the roster that was on there, because I was in the tryouts with people like Jake Atlas. Wow. Oh, right. okay. member of NXT. Yeah. I was I was in the tryout with him, so I was trying to outshine people like that. And I hate to say it, but when Jake Atlas is in the ring, it's very, very hard to outshine somebody like Jake Atlas. He's I very, agree. very good. I agree. He is very but good. They had, they had a lot of great talent at that tryout. I didn't feel too bad. Like I said, it was an extra learning experience. I got to do a uh, seminar with Sanjay Dutt. got to talk to Scott Demore, Jimmy Jacobs. I got to meet all those guys. They, you know, they gave me a lot of good advice. You know, Sin Bodhi, there's another awesome dude that, you know, he's, he's given me a lot of information and advice in my career. But I did get to do a security gig with uh, John Morrison and Brian Cage out of doing that. So it wasn't all bad. I did get to actually work with Impact Wrestling. Oh, that's interesting. So uh, I, I, I'm guessing, like, obviously, going up there and being in, like, you know, presence of, you know, Jake Atlas-level talents, uh, that, that must have been pretty humble for you because, obviously, you've just said, like, going in, you had an ego bigger than you should have. I'm, I'm guessing that humbled you slightly. Oh, well, the whole experience was, I guess, like I said, I, I made a post about it that I, I I appreciate the offer and all this, and the help that they gave me and all that stuff. I had no business at those tryouts. Yeah. 
compared to I the mean, level that those other guys were on. I mean, I had I had no business there. I mean, that's that, that that's decent of you to be able to hold your hands up and go, look, yeah, I'm 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 sorry, I shouldn't have been here. You know, I thought I was better than I were, but everything's a learning curve. Well, I learned a lot. I'm like I said, I I talked to Jimmy Jacobs. I had I, at least a two hour long conversation with Kevin Cross about my gimmick and wrestling and. I, you know, I did a seminar with Jimmy Jacobs. I learned a lot, an actual a real lot for him. That's what made me change part of my body and all that stuff. Cause mm. he mentioned that if you look like you belong on TV and you look like an athlete and all that stuff, we can work with everything else. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna make sure that I look the part. Cause like I said, I'm six foot three and now I weigh 200, 205, 210 pounds. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look the, the wrestling part as well as being able to do the actual wrestling itself. The next day, the next time the impact, the next time a tryout comes around, I'm going to, I'm not going to go in there with such a big ego and, you know, bigger than I thought I was and yeah. hopefully do a whole lot better. But yeah, I have no problem admitting when I did some, when I did something foul and I had no business being at those tryouts, none whatsoever. I took a spot a, away from somebody that could have done something great. That's a good mindset to have. Not a lot of people would, be so humble and honest about something like that. Nah, there'd be a lot of people. On the UK scene. Yeah, definitely. It, on the UK scene, there's a lot been a lot of people walked away from that and all that. They're, they're fucking dicks then. Yeah, don't don't bother trying out for like, I don't know, Rev Pro. Not saying that this is true, but don't try out for Rev Pro. You know, they're set of dicks in there. They don't give anybody anything. But it's a minority for sure. But you oh, know, yeah, it's definitely. the same with any business. You know, yeah, you are going to get people like that, unfortunately. 100%. So just on the topic of like companies and stuff like that, are there any companies that you've got in mind that you'd like to work for? Uh, I'm, I'm really aiming for FSW right now. That's one of my biggest things, but it's kind of hard to, you know, like get in-ring matches right now. I own my yeah, own yeah. ring, so it's easy to kind of train. But oh, there's right, a difference nice. between training and actually doing matches. Because when you do a match, it's totally different than doing, you know, your practice matches in a training ring and all that stuff, with just mm. training and all that. Yeah. I'm like I said, I'm, I've I've known drug addicts that are going through less withdrawals than I am about wrestling. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't itch my brain, but forget all the other drugs that everybody goes through. With, there is no worse rehab or withdrawal than wrestling withdrawal. I mean, I am literally like losing my mind. I mean, it's I'm I'm started doing weird stuff that I shouldn't be doing, and I'm like, I need to get back to wrestling. <laughs> I bought Sorry, video I games. I don't even like video games, but I bought video games to play. And I'm like, I don't do this. This sucks. Have you started eyeing up your kids' teddy bears and thought you could just suplex that through a window? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I suplex my kid. Oh, you better. Yeah. <laughs> He's just outside teaching his kid how to do a, you know, a superplex off a ladder. <laughs> right. Today oh, we're my... learning... <laughs> My son can run the ropes with the best of them, man. <laughs> I mean, that must be quite a big thing for him as well. So, he's like, is he looking to follow in your footsteps? Is he looking? Is he saying he wants to be a wrestler? Or, um, I my son is actually a nonverbal autistic. Oh. Right. Okay. And but he's 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 a smart kid, but he he really doesn't talk. But he, right. he enjoys wrestling a lot. He's he's spent the majority of his life inside a wrestling ring or on the road with me going to wrestling shows or yeah. watching me wrestle or, you know, anything like that. But I'm not going to exactly push him to be in a wrestler. No, of course. As far as I'm aware, I'm the first and only autistic wrestler from Salt Lake city, Utah that is wrestling. Oh, so you're, autistic. That, you're autistic to... as well. Correct. 
Oh wow! Okay. I mean, our okay. our quizmaster P uh, Peanut, he's he's an he's Asperger's, and he would be made up to hear that. Yeah, I was a yeah, uh, when I was a child, I was a, a I had a slight learning disability. I couldn't learn anything unless I read it. You could tell me it a million times, and it just wouldn't stick in. But once I read it, it kind of stuck. Mm. Yeah, and that's they diagnosed me with a mild to minor form of autism because of a learning disorder and some tics that I had. Yeah. But it's for the autistic, I'm going to make sure that for all the other autistic people out there that think that it's like, it holds you back and all that stuff. I mean, I don't, I, this, this is, this is my ego. You can count. This is my ego. I am an autistic professional athlete. Nothing can hold anybody back. Not no, ego. that's not ego. That is just that's not ego. That's 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 proving a point. Yeah, and that's that, that is I... that is sticking a finger up to anyone who told yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, you never know, dude. Like wrestling might be your son's escape. I mean, he's certainly yours, and he's, he obviously likes being in the ring with you. So it could it could be his too. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, it's. My, my my autism, it, it, it hindered me as a kid, but it also gave me an advantage to certain things because once I read something or learn something from a book, it's stuck in my head forever. Yeah, definitely. Like, I can recite pages from books I read when I was five, and it's, yeah, I have uh, math. I'll admit that right now. My autism, it, it killed math. I mean, it's, that's, that's, I mean, I, I can do the straight math, if you guys know what that is. I can do that's straight math. Street man, you know, grabs, <laughs> yeah. you know, stuff like that. Oh, uh, yes, yes, the old street math, <laughs> right? But yeah, my uh, the big thing for me in wrestling is, is I just want to show everybody that it, 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 it nothing holds anybody back anywhere. It's, it's, it's all agree. a mindset, it's all about who you are and where you want to be, and as a, I don't know if I'm the first autistic wrestler from Utah, but I'm pretty sure I am. And it's for that. It's the sky's the limit, and I'm about, and I'm, I'm gonna show everybody that no matter what functionality or you know autistic or not, it's it's the sky's the limit, and I'm taking the sky. It belongs to me. I couldn't That's have said an that. Inspiring like, point of view. I don't yeah. think anyone could have said that better. If I'm honest with you. No, it's um, a really inspiring point of view. It's, it's really good. So, if you could wrestle anyone, past or present, who would be your dream opponent? My dream opponent? Let's see. Goldberg. Battle of the Jackhammers. <laughs> no, I'll get my ass kicked in like five seconds, bro. <laughs> I'd have to say right now, my dream opponent would probably be Darby Allen. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I, I fully I expected that. that one. I'm not going to lie. I fully expected Darby Allen as an answer. I, I mean, see I think it's starting as like a tag team and then like dissension and then... Like a, the big fallout and yeah, that'd be really cool. So yeah. there you go, Darby, make it happen. Yeah, like I said, I'm a fan first and foremost, so I watch any wrestling I can get my hands on. Dude. Yeah, hundred I mean, percent. I've seen even though the the weird what Pakistani wrestling. That's that's a little weird. <laughs> I tried to get on their show and they told me no because I'm white. <laughs> That's what I said too. <laughs> I mean, they could have played you off as the biggest heel ever. They could have. Uh, they could have done so much. They, they, they that was their. They, they said it pretty much politely. Of uh, they, their their polite way of 
saying it was, is, oh, we're just building our roster and only using Pakistani people. <laughs> yeah, but you could have been like the ultimate heel, like Paul just said, the white man that's come to pillage the village. <laughs> you know right. I mean? But I found out, honestly, he just didn't want anybody white people any white people on his roster. He didn't that's want any crazy. Americans. That's absolutely wow. crazy. And he just didn't have the guts to say, I don't want any Americans. So but yeah, so yeah. I didn't get the booking because I was white. And I'm okay with that. I'm like, they that's their <laughs> that's their thing. If they don't want to book me, then they don't have yeah. to book me. But you know. So, last but not least, what's next for Anu and William Hollow? I continue to train my ass off. That's that's all I've been doing is training and training and training. Once this COVID stuff comes back down and my bookings pick back up, I'm, I'm actually, like I said, I'm actually hoping to get to the UK. I like I said, I had a booking for it to do that tryout, and you know, COVID made all that stuff fall through and a bunch of other crap. Mm. And, but yeah, the the grind doesn't stop, man. Um, I'm actually trying to push fsw because they have hookups with everywhere all yeah. the impact wrestling roh wwe i mean my goal right now is to get to fsw or go to a company that trains you know like a former hall of famer or something i'm always training is my thing training training and more training right now i got yeah. nothing to do but training yeah but the grind don't stop the the, the hollow it keeps going the sky is the limit and like i said i'm gonna get there it's just I can't do anything about the current situation of the world, which is kind of pissing me off. But, you know, I'm not the only one pissed off about it. That just about wraps it up today. Uh, thank you very much, William, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Hopefully we can get you uh, back on once your bookings have picked up again, once, you know, the whole pandemic thing's done with. Any socials that you'd like to plug? Yeah, just follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm even thinking about getting a Pornhub if everybody will follow me on that one. <laughs> Damn. Anything and everything, man. Well, well, a lot of people have nothing but time on their hands right now, and I know they're on the internet. So, William Hollow only fans incoming. He'd have to rename himself William Hollow. <laughs> William, William yeah, if, Horn, they just, if they can follow me Horn on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at William Hollow, I mean, I'm on all of them at William Hollow. 1307, 1013, any of them. I'm easy to find. I'm not a hard guy to miss. No worries. Amazing. So all of William's links to his social medias will be in the link in, in the description below, um, as well as a link to uh, some of his matches as well. Um, thank you all for watching. Don't forget to smash um, subscribe, hit that like button, and leave us a comment below. Let us know what you think of William's story, and we'll see you guys later.